Welcome to episode 79 of the General Podcast. My name is Jack, and I'm joined with Chris and Assis. How's it going? I feel like uh, hello, I feel hello. like this is becoming a little bit more of a frequent thing. Yeah, every three or four days, boys, we're just chatting. It's, it's, we're just chatting. It, it's happening. But it's been nice. Good friends, good chats. It's been nice. It's been nice. Uh, last, uh, I was going to say last week, but it was this week. We had <laughs> Jen and Josh. We did. Yeah. That, or you did. I, yeah. uh, I listened was, to that podcast. Nice week, what was it? Like two good days pod. ago? Yesterday? I don't know. It was a good podcast. Friday, I think we dropped that one. Yeah. But um, Wait up. yeah, it's been more frequent. And I guess there are obvious reasons for that. <laughs> but I think today we wanted to give our take and talk a little bit about the Battle of Big Rock. It's wild to me that this hasn't happened already. <laughs> well, do you remember how long it took us to do our Fallen Kingdom? Oh, yeah, to be uh, fair, podcast? to be fair, like that was because we didn't like it. Yeah, that was t- it. Was hard after that. Allegedly. What? Yeah, those are only rumors. <laughs> did we wait? Did we never do one? <laughs> we did. We did one uh, only. I wasn't even on that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I yeah, think we, we just... did do a, a Fallen Kingdom podcast, but it took it took a long time, and there were I think a few people kind of clocked that in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, but Battle of Big Rock is toughie. an entirely different situation because, you know, spoiler alert, I know I liked it. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler well, alert. Just I spoiler. liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, uh, I did too. You know, and I can freely yeah, we all did, yeah. because this is my goddamn podcast. I can freely admit <laughs> that um, it, the, the way the franchise is, is, has gone isn't exactly where I wanted it to go. So it's not exactly my, you know, cup of tea to put it in a British way. But Battle of Big Rock <laughs> is, I really liked it, and it, it was a great short film. I have problems with it, but it, I think it's, it's, it's a lot better than what we got in Fallen Kingdom. It feels mm-hmm. more Jurassic, and it's going in a direction that I like. Also, the world that Colin has built now, we have a world that is now populated with dinosaurs, not to some extreme amount, but the a very opening scene, you know, with the Universal logo, we hear. Uh, different news reports and different people talking. You know, first dinosaur born on U.S. soil. Yeah, how cool is that with on headsets on? After three sightings. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's kind of creepy. I like it. And, yeah. then, and then somebody says, is this the new normal? And it's like, well, yeah, this is actually the franchise has moved on. This is something new. And I think that's a that's a really cool thing that he's done. And I think doing a short film like that really helps uh, sort of set up what we're going to see in Jurassic World 3. But in, in a kind of quiet, isolated way, I think it was, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, no. There's a big problem with it, though, boys. We're, everyone's... There's there's no big rock. Where's the big rock? I wanted to see a big rock, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a battle, but there's no big rock. That's that's for the sequel, looking for big rock. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> the so, lost big rock. Is it, they, but they're, they're in... Um, they are... It's set... At, big Rock National uh, Park. Exactly, yes. Yeah, California. Um... Now I'm not sure where Big Rock National Park is. It might be fictional. It's in California, no? It might be fictional in the Jurassic universe. I'm not sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think Northern California, though. Yeah. Um, Near the uh, estate, probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, because that makes sense. Because Lockwood's Manor was uh, situ- situated in Northern California. Given, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we never saw any evidence, like whether directly or even like supplemental supplementary information about a Nosotoceratops from the Jurassic World dinosaurs or at Lockwood's Manor. So I, I guess we're supposed to assume that came from Lockwood's. I, I don't I don't I don't know. I'm like not caught up well, on it. I'm just say. curious how about many, it. 
Oh, allegedly, guys, it's 20 miles away from Lockwood Manor in Northern California. Well, there you go. Yeah, it makes sense. It's Redwoods, I there think. You go. Yeah, it's yeah. It's got a bit of a Lost World vibe. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the thing. How many years after Fallen Kingdom do you think this is? Or do you think it was very soon? Oh, it's... Or do you think this was... Yeah, you know, I should know this because they said it. I think it's something like six months later. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. I, they, they do say it. I don't recall what does it say at the beginning or if it was said in an interview. It's Or it might be real time. It might be one year later. Because um, everything Jurassic does, like movies and everything, does they do go in real time. Um, so if that's the case, it's probably situated one year after the events of Fallen Kingdom. Because it's which a- kind of works. Yeah, it makes sense. People are more aware of things now, but not everybody's not everybody's going to have seen it. Yeah, no, they're no, still going no, to be rare. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool as well because I mean, this go this it's brought it back, right? You have a kid that's actually interested in dinosaurs and knows the species. Mm-hmm. That's something. It's, that's classic Jurassic, man. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, um, it was it was a nice family dynamic, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, th- I think that it was really interesting because it did a good job of depicting, in such a very short and terrifying film, it did a really good job of uh, depicting the animals' motivations as animals. We understood the Nosotoceratops as coming in and just kind of foraging for food, and you know the family unit with the playful baby. And also, we understood the fact that the Allosaurus was hunting, you know, hunting them. And yeah. unfortunately, our human characters just got caught in between that. And I think that that made sense, and that felt very Jurassic Park um, to me. Yeah, I think it's it's enough of sort of an animal instinct in there for the dinosaurs, because obviously it's extraordinary to be seeing a dinosaur. But it, 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 it made them animals. They're doing very normal things, mm-hmm. like you said. And and obviously the campfire as well, that's going to attract things. So it makes sense that that attracted a mother and a baby. Made sense the Allosaurus was hunting. Yeah, the Allosaurus. Probably hunting for some time as well. Yeah, probably also, hunting the baby. how cool is it to see an Allosaurus? I've always wanted to see an Allosaurus. Uh, and, you know, I don't count Jurassic World as a very cool Allosaurus. So uh, it was nice to see one properly. I, I still <laughs> wish it was a little more recognizable as an Allosaurus. Um I'm I'm still not entirely I mean, compared to the Jurassic World one, right? That yeah, looked like a I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. we all looked at that and we're like, what the hell is that? And we're like, <laughs> what is that? Like, to is, is, is that a is that a Metriacanthosaurus? Like, is that like we're just going through yeah. like thinking of animals with like three fingers and like little notches, like, but it didn't look like an Allosaurus, and uh, they no, brilliantly no. And decided the way it sort of looks at Claire as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> hey, can I can you help me? I mean, can I get any? Uh, <laughs> they brilliantly recon them into becoming juveniles. Um, and that, that, you know, I think that, that was the best way. If you're going to change the design, going like, okay, we didn't nail our Allosaurus. We want to change the design, but we don't want to go and completely just like retcon the design entirely, like completely just redesign it. How do we do this? Well, okay, it was kind of small. Let's just say it was a juvenile, and, you know, we see some pretty big levels of uh, structural dimorphism as it you know, matures into an adult. So I, I think that that made, that made a lot of sense. And I think that that handled it pretty well. Um, well, hope, yeah, but hopefully then <laughs> Jurassic World 3, we won't, we won't see more of the juvenile uh, Allosaurus. Or yeah, I mean, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it. defaults back to it. It's like, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is kind of funny though, because everyone was like, what the hell are those? And like, I mean, genuinely the, 
Yeah, it didn't look great. You no, know, it just didn't look like an Allosaurus. And <laughs> its it head looks, was so uh... thick. And then remember there are times where its head was so long in some of the shots? We're like, is it like a Sukumimus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I thought that was. Okay, cool, cool. Um, uh, but it looked, uh, the one in Battle of Big Rock, uh, sorry, Battle of Big Rock was awesome. Battle Big really Rock. It rocked. What do you mean? Scary. Big Rock. Um, no, that, you know what's interesting rocked, is dude. I found the Allosaurus, um, and it's like kind of the way it was filmed and the way it acted, scarier than either the Indominus Rex or the Indoraptor. You take that back. You don't, you don't think it seems scarier? <laughs> don't bash the hybrids in front of a cease. <laughs> you take that right back. You don't think it was scarier? No, I'm just kidding. It's 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 it was cool. Yeah, it was, the way it was just I think it was scarier just because of the way it was the way filmed. that it was filmed, it was like hidden about the darkness. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a real animal. Yeah, no, absolutely, and just yeah, the way it behaved, it was gen- like uh, it was genuinely frightening. The way that it, you know what, it wasn't a monster. No, but the way its head turned when the baby cries. Yeah, um, that's scary because it's just that all natural stuff. Yeah, yeah, too. exactly. It felt really good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that it's really cool that we finally have gotten an Allosaurus. Uh, I would like to see more of the Allosaurus, like even like maybe even just outside the films. Like I would like to see renders of the Allosaurus just so we can get an idea of what its design is um, a little more clearly. Um, Because I would literally just like to see more. Um, I'd also I'm also curious if the one in Battle of Big Rock, if that one's a female, because it's missing some key features that we saw in the juveniles. Um, which would be the red on the crest and then the yellow stripes. So the ones in Fallen Kingdom are a little bit more vibrant and had more colors, which could indicate that they were juvenile males. And then the one in Battle Big Rock might be a female because it doesn't really have any of those yellow stripes. Um, it doesn't really have that red crest. Not really. I think there's like a hint of it there. It could also be too dark to actually tell properly. That's saying like a proper... Well, in that... That IOM behind the scenes video that I sent you to, you can see its design actually pretty well, and it doesn't really have any of the colors. Oh, good point. Um, whereas the Nosotoceratops clearly are quite colorful, which that's the other thing. The Fair Nosotoceratops point. design, um, I, I really like that design. Well, you can see the maquette on the desk behind. Um, is it David Vickery? Yeah, it's David Vickery. Yeah, you can see the. I, I, that's the same dinosaur, right? Uh, behind him when he sat in the being interviewed actually no that's not david vickery i'm talking about when they bring in the other guy in that video sorry who got his name who else did they bring in in that video jance rubin oh i forgot they brought jansen um yeah you can see the two maquettes Number one fan of the podcast. Um, yeah so but you can see it's a lot redder there right uh is it red i don't hold on let me yeah yeah it's really red the... compared to the one we see in the movie i can't see its crest Oh, wait, are you talking about the Nasutoceratops or the Allosaurus? Yeah, the Nasutoceratops. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is more vibrant. But even when you look at the uh, renders that they show, they are very vibrant. It's just in the film it's harder to see. No, the renders aren't vibrant from what I can see. That's what I mean. We're talking about this ILM behind the scenes. Video, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Absolutely. It, they, they seem pretty pretty <laughs> dim. Like, it's not really ready. And then that maquette is a lot more ready. Um, um, so, they've, they've definitely blended it, like faded the red. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, which I think looks good. Um, yeah. What's worth noting is there's concept art and maquettes of the Allosaurus, and the design actually changed um, from the maquette to the final. Uh, same with the, uh, the they've used an animatronic. There's no behind the scenes footage of this animatronic, but they did use an animatronic for the um, Allosaurus. However, yeah, it was completely trailer it was stuff, completely right? replaced with CG. Um, and there's a good reason <laughs> though, because the animatronic, the maquette, all of that 
it doesn't look like an allosaurus um and right. the final design like i said it still has some ways to go for me to be happy with like its look but the final design they did evolve it even further to look more like an allosaurus because like the early concept art the early uh the maquette the bust the animatronic they have like indominus rex like teeth um they don't really have the curvature of the snout the the head's a little bit more uniform in its wideness um the crest is really weird and bony it just it lacks a lot of the defining traits um it looks a little more monstery and boxy and the final one they just kind of brought it a little closer to being allosaurid um so it was a trade-off that i think was worth it yeah i'm looking at it right now it's it's somewhat similar but yeah, like you said, it looks more like Indominus Rex. More yeah, and it has like those really big like teeth that come out in the maquette, in the maquette, and the animatronic. Yeah. There's really big skeletal teeth. And the final one—that's not even the way an Allosaurus's teeth grow. And the final one, they um end up changing the teeth quite a bit. Um, but a lot of other things. Um, why do they keep doing this? Why do the animatronics always look so different well, than the CGI models? To be fair, in this case, I think they always planned to replace the animatronic with CG. Because if you saw even the picture of the animatronic that Colin posted, it has, like, a cloth neck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the head is the only part that was finished. Yeah, it does, yeah. So the idea was always to just give the actors something to act against, and then the actual skin on the body itself um, was basically meant to be... uh, you know, lighting reference for the CG overlay. I'm not sure if they really planned on changing the design, but they absolutely did plan on going over the CG because it just it wasn't like a full on. Given the nature of this production, that's not too surprising. Yeah, the budget too. Probably, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like a ten million, uh, ten million dollar budget or something like something along those lines, I believe. Um, sure. You know, a million a minute, something like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> wow. You know, it, it's it's pricey. So, and animatronics not, aren't necessarily the priciest thing, but they do take time, and that's also probably yeah. something they yeah. didn't have the luxury of so much. Although it doesn't feel rushed by any means. No, and I think as well with the, we pointed this out on the last podcast, or maybe the last one, the, the one that three of us did um, about the Stan Winston process and how it was always the maquettes that were first. And that was where they nailed the, the dinosaur designs. That's where they finished it. And obviously that process is different now because of the way the movies worked. And I think Colin's been trying to get it back to that, you know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we talked about back that. to that process a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's fighting a, a sort of industry that doesn't do that as much anymore. Um, so it's, it's a weird one. It's nice to see animatronics back, though. It is. And obviously we know they are coming back in Jurassic World 3. I mean, yeah, we've heard that they're raptors, coming back in a big uh, way. With guns. <laughs> oh, my God. We can God, exclusively wait, reveal yeah. that Jurassic World 3 is going to include at least one Velociraptor with a gun. Um, <laughs> that's an in general exclusive here, guys. Just, Someone get the uh, variety I, 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 I on I the need, horn. I, I, I just need to be clear. That's... that's this is... <laughs> He's joking. <laughs> I, I, I'm this not joking. So um, <laughs> but uh, uh, could you imagine? But no, it is great seeing animatronics again, and um, I'm yeah. really excited to see what John Nolan's team. Obviously, so what's interesting about the Allosaurus animatronic is uh, it was Legacy Effects that did it. 
Yeah, body. Not, uh, Which is the sort of, that's what Stan Winston Studios morphed into. I sort of. Stan Winston, technically, Stan Winston Studios closed, and then the people that wanted to stay in the industry went and founded Legacy Effects. They are separate yeah, studios. Yeah, so John Rosengrant. Is that part yeah. of his? He's with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so okay, it's right. te- it's not just a name change for Sam Winston Studios. Um, in a lot of ways, it feels like that because basically the team just said, "Okay, we're closing Stan Winston Studios. We're opening Stan Winston School in its stead." But those who want to stay in the film, let's found a new studio, and it's called Legacy yeah, FX, yeah. honoring Stan Winston's legacy. But it is like just I to be it. clear, it is a new studio. It's a little confusing, but yeah. Um. Um, are they going to be uh, working on Jurassic World 3? No. no. It's no. not, is it? It's um, uh, uh, Thingy's team again. Uh, I forget his name. No, no, no. It's not Scanlon. Scanlon. No, no, no. no. It's uh, John not Nolan. Team. Entirely new team. First timer for Jurassic. Just, yeah, you did just say that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> he did the... Uh, What's he done? Uh, uh, he Too much assisted tea. with the Dark Crystal animatronics, though most of the jar- Dark Crystal stuff was done by Jim Henson's team. Okay. Um, however, maybe Nolan Studios was contracted to work under Henson's team, which is why I don't see like Nolan Studios like on the new Dark Crystals like, um, what's it called? Uh, like, like the billing. Like I don't see like Nolan Studios build on the credits for the new Dark Crystal, but maybe the way that it was contracted in, like maybe they just kind of got like brought into Henson's team at that point. Um, because if you do look at the credits for Jurassic World Dominion, um, the people that are working on the animatronics, a lot of them all worked on the newest Dark Crystal. Um, so, yeah, uh, they worked on that. They worked on a nature show called Spies in the Wild, where they put cameras inside of little animatronic animals to film uh, animals in the wild so the animals weren't like aware of the cameras and the people filming them. That is interesting. Uh, done some commercials. Some mem- uh, the other thing is though, what's interesting is a lot of his team now that's working on Jurassic World Dominion. He poached. I don't know if that's the right terminology because I don't. <laughs> I don't. He stole them. Well, apparently the way it works in the UK is a little different than the US. Where the US, like you really work for a studio, but in the UK you're more like freelancers within these departments. So a lot of these freelancer artists that worked under Scanlan then went and worked under are working under Nolan for uh, Jurassic World Dominion. So there's a lot of guys that worked on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom that are now working on Jurassic World Dominion. So even though it's that's Nolan's good. team that's heading the project and not Scanlan's team, a lot of Scanlan's key team members are working on Jurassic World Dominion. All the, all the same. I um I really think they should have gone with Legacy because I'm just watching I know this isn't an indication of how the the work will be for Dominion, but they haven't nailed the animatronics again yet. So you know that they're, they're using now another team of people. It's a little it's a little scary that they didn't allow one team to work on it consistently through each three films and refine their work and find a way yeah. that works. But um, at the same time, but what I'm what I'm seeing here is this spy in the wild is is. an animal that we have references for right because these are normal animals they're recreating them and putting cameras in them and they are moving uh well you figure poorly you figure the budget isn't for the 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 budget isn't necessarily for the audience it's just to fool an animal um true but it's 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 not necessarily seems rough it's not necessarily the credentials 
but sure. But yeah, even yeah. if Legacy Effects did it, like it wouldn't be like super smooth. Like you know what I mean? It would, it, it matched the job. And what do, do we know that though? Because oh, absolutely. Is, because you know, Legacy would it's it's Rosengrant. Uh, but they was that's a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of money, and that's also easier to break. They needed to be sturdy and just kind of get the job done. So to be fair, Spies in the Wild isn't like necessary. It's not for the audience. It's literally for the animals. Um, but guys, we've seen John, uh, what yeah, Nolan Studios the, or whatever. We've seen them make the baby, the baby Nasudorops. Yeah, the baby Nasudorops. Looks good. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. It does look. Good. I have no concerns. That did look good. I would love if. Uh, so did the screen test for the uh, uh, Apatosol. That looked good in the uh, legacy behind the scenes. And I still it think shot. it looks good in the movie, man. I don't know. People talk shit, but I think it looks good. Uh, I think one of the things that hurt. I think there's two things that hurt it. Um, it filmed weirdly. It looks it too clean, and the eyes are very cartoony. Um, yeah, the, the eyes. eyes are, eh? Yeah, but I think it's almost like it's, it had the wrong font. It's, a, <laughs> you know, it's the wrong eyes, man. Um, Stay tuned in general for the font and eye talk. The number one, and just maybe the yeah. camera angle wasn't you know doing the apatosaurus any favors, like the way that we were seeing it. You know it, but all the same, I don't think it looked great but i don't think it looked awful either um the service in your in your i i think i think it makes sense to use the animatronic there but i think uh if legacy was going to have a limited use of animatronics i think the way that they really could have you know done probably more of their style magic would have been even just the raptor heads in the um in the harnesses in Jurassic World, I think yeah, that, I think that's someone no one will ever understand why that was, <laughs> I, especially because they were being interacted with with hands. You can tell that that was sense. you could tell that that was the intent for the scene. Like, there's no question in my yeah. mind that that scene was not written. Like, obviously, we have animatronics here, and then for whatever reason, the studio just didn't greenlight the budgetary um, constraints there. So, uh, thankfully, they're coming around to practical effects. And my biggest hope yep. is two movies. my one big thing is that's bothered me with the Jurassic World films is they've written um, scenes. This scene CG. This scene's animatronic. This scene CG. This scene's animatronic. But in the past, it was usually like, okay, they write their movie, and then they come in and make bids like, yeah, you know what? You see the scene that you wrote here? We can do this practical. And let me tell you how we can do this practical. And they would all try to work it out. And um, what I'm hoping is obviously there are certain scenes written for the animatronics, I'm sure. But what I'm hoping is Nolan's team is looking at things that necessarily weren't written with the animatronics in mind and saying, by the way, we can do this. Um, and I'm hoping that they're kind of doing those little tests that you, uh, that's like even what the Star Wars movies do. You know, Force Awakens wasn't written to have a ton of uh, practical effects in it. It was Scanlan's team that was just basically just started, you know, busting their asses to prove they could do it. And as the film was in production, they started getting more and more uh, approvals to do finals for practical. So I'm hoping uh, Scanlan's team, not Scanlan, um, Nolan's team might be doing something similar with Jurassic where they won, won them over with uh, pitches. And the fact that his team is kind of newer to Jurassic and doesn't have something like Star Wars or whatnot, I wouldn't surprised sure, yeah, they... I wouldn't be surprised if they're using this to kind of get their foothold um, to really become a go to. Uh, and... Yeah, they'll have huge ambition for this. Exactly. Yeah. Considering it's this Jurassic as well. Exactly. Uh, so hope so. I'm hopeful. I'm I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, I just hope that the animatronics that are used on screen at least aren't replaced entirely. You know, I'd understand replacing the eye of the T-Rex or something in a close up with a CGI ball or something. I don't know, like whatever makes it easier, but 
the replacements we saw in Fallen Kingdom were just disappointing because it was pretty much the whole body of work. I, I mean, like, I think, again, we talked about this, like the uh, blue on the surgery table, she's an entire CG replacement except for her hand. Yeah. Um, but given, I, I understand because why, if, because if, it didn't look great. It didn't look entirely yeah, great. No, it didn't look good. Before they replaced it That's with what CG. I mean. if, um, so I understand it. It's it's almost like it's re- it's like it's reversed. It's like we've gone back in time. You think about how great Jurassic 3 looked, and they nailed that Stan Winston well, cross ILM. They nailed it to that point, and this was 2001. The problem is they're writing themselves into a corner with the animatronics. They're writing scenes where the animals are immobilized and strapped down to beds and whatnot. And it's kind of a given that it's an animatronic, and it's also just not moving. Uh, in the older films, they would fake mobility. You know, they would the animals would be out and about and walking around, and they would use trick like mix of CG and um, you know a CG shot and then a close up of the head, and you never felt like the animals were standing still. And I think that that also helped is because we weren't just seeing them in these immobilized positions. Uh, the way that the, they were shot, you were to believe that they're out and about and moving around. The raptors in JP3, the animatronics, you know, or sometimes they were moving around, like in Jurassic Park. And I think that, that really helped, is they didn't write themselves into a corner by saying, oh, we have CG, you know, we have animatronics when the animals are tranquil- tranquilized and strapped down. And, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's why they're not looking great, because they're no longer moving. They're very, very rigid. And This is true. They're, and they're just overlit as well. Yeah. Like the Stegosaurus that's lying on the, you know, when he takes the tooth from it in um, Fallen Kingdom. You know, I don't the, think it looks that bad. I mean, design, weird, doesn't look weird great. horse I mean, it doesn't look like a Stegosaurus for yeah, a while. Yeah, well, well that's... And, it, you and you can tell it's an animatronic and it's like yeah. bright daylight and it it just is like, I don't know, yeah, if it was the same exact model but in a recreation of the scene in Lost World, it might actually pass for a dinosaur. It might actually look good from a distance or from, you know, moving around, like you said, in an environment but it's strapped to a table. Yeah. Um, it's, it's evidently a, an animatronic. And th- that's point. why I don't think they're working as well. I, I genuinely believe that, that. I mean, obviously, we've had the sick triceratops, but that was, for one thing, that, like, any photo of that, that looks like a real animal. Jesus Christ, that looks so good. I can't get over and, how and real that thing looks. looks so good. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's. And it's because they took it to an environment, though, and they covered it in the environment. Exactly. So it looked like it had been in the environment. It <laughs> it much just... to the woe of the painters. It's, it's really funny how when they talk about yeah, it, they're like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, we were, we were pissed about it. They're like, but in the long run, we understand because we looked at it and we're like, damn, that looks real. We understand. Yeah, and it still does. And that interaction isn't, you know, them. I don't know. The interaction isn't forced. It's it's what somebody of Grant's character would do. And it's so real the way he just leans on it and hears it. And, uh, it's so good. Yeah, but I mean, it, Guys, it holds up with the close-ups. And Blue, yeah. the animatronic for Blue, doesn't. I mean, again, we I, we saw, I saw it in person. It doesn't look good. Um, I saw the animatronic for Blue in person. And it did. But don't you think this I is t- I touched it, actually. People... I touched it. Um, and yeah, it just doesn't look good. <laughs> Chris, you shouldn't be touching, man. Social distancing and that, but I mean, come on. <laughs> you know. yeah. But but don't you think this is the reason why Legacy Effects should have always been brought on? Well, I mean, Scanlan's team is incredibly talented. Um, but yeah. But they're not advising in the same circumstance. So Stan Winston's team surely would have said, look, don't have it strapped to a bed. Have it doing No, nah, I mean, you know, just as a, an example, they weren't right? able to do that. They weren't able to do that with Jurassic World. I don't think they'd have much control over that in Fallen Kingdom either. Um I, it just it is what it is. I'm just hoping that number three maybe moves away from those um, preconceived limitations, which I think are just kind of hurting the performance and kind of taking away the believ- 
believability of it being but it a real won't animal. though because we've got, <laughs> we know already that the uh the baby um, is in a cage but <laughs> it's in a cage but it's standing <laughs> it's standing and that in itself is a first for jurassic world yes it's standing it and it seems to be fully mobile rather than just like its head kind of leaning up and down because that's what you know, it's sad though because the visual effects are, are the best they've ever been especially some of the ones in fallen kingdom but the animatronics have just reverted it is a shame and this is not to neglect anybody any of the work because as we know we've just talked about I, it like, i think on their own they are they're brilliant pieces of work it's just jurassic needs a specific i think it's the time and money that jurassic set of circumstances yeah i think it's the time and money the new films are giving the teams i think any one of these teams are probably capable yeah. of making what um, something that's on par with Jurassic Park. I think it just comes to the amount of money that the studio is willing to spend into animatronics. Um, that's really yeah. And as we know, the the industry shifted so much that it, it's. I mean, how many movies do you watch now that do have animatronics? Right, Force Awakens was a surprising one. Yeah, uh, to have so much puppetry and, and work like that. Um, the industry is so VFX dominated now, uh, and you know, Colin's been fighting that battle since day one. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah. I mean, there yeah. was a point when Legacy was bidding on Jurassic World. I mean, there was supposed to be, you know, all the raptors and the harnesses. They were going to do a T Rex head. They were going to do an Indominus head. You know, the Apatosaurus. I think they were going to do. Do you a remember few when mobi- we thought there was a Indominus head in that? CG? Yeah, <laughs> CG was so good. In, I know in the breakout. Uh, we were like, that's definitely an animatronic. That's got to be an animatronic. Well, you remember that cover with uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Owen, with his arms crossed next to the raptor, and like it was this full, Which is all full CGI? CGI raptor. But like, yeah, no, the, the, the task of that cover was people are mad about us not having animatronics. Render it like it's an animatronic and just don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, pranked. We got punked. I <laughs> got him. You know, it's just like one of those things. We got those like, stupid fans. <laughs> uh, it didn't look like an animatronic on the cover. I mean, blue literally. It did. It blue, blue yeah. does not yeah, look that good, good in good. the movie at all. But on that cover, it is, it is gorgeous. Um, you know, the best shot of blue is that close up in uh, Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> you know the one I mean. Talking about the snarl like... in the lab. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, that, that's yeah, a rough yeah. shot. But Fallen Kingdom. How did that get so many passes? I don't like, know. How did that? I'm just. How did so many go? Like, dude, seriously, that shot. It's funny though because Fallen <laughs> Kingdom does so look a lot better than Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, blue looks just really nice in a lot of the shots. It's just yeah, that one shot does, and it stands out like a sore thumb because it's not a great shot even on its own, but in the movie with uh, it's so with cheesy. better VFX overall, it just it, it does stand out. Yes, but there's always going to be a bad shot or two in a film. I mean, that is what it is. I think that it being such a close-up on blue in a blue-centric scene, though, like really makes it stand out. Its perspective as well is all wrong. Like the way it was shot, it's just a, it's just strange. It doesn't feel right as a shot. Um, he looks weird too. Looks yeah, it looks all boxy headed. I don't know. Do you remember when um, Total Film Nick Tassamala? La, 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 um, <laughs> Heard of him? On, Heard of him? Uh, <laughs> he, he did the set set visit for Jurassic World, and, and he kind of painted this picture of all the blood because he visited during the Vic Hoskins. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. And he painted this picture of, like, there was so much blood. And we were so pumped for this, <laughs> for how gory this movie might have been. <laughs> and then there's one shot <laughs> of blood splat. Like a really weird spray. Like half a second. Yeah. I, but that shot was really good. The the visual effects on the the raptor that grabs his arm that was really yeah good. yeah I remember that was that. a good that, shot. I like that Delta team. looked yeah. pretty good in that shot. Yeah, Delta, you know, yeah, she did really roughed up Vic. Yeah, 
Yeah, I still think he was a good character. I, I liked him. He was a little cheesy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was fun. Yeah, yeah, but I think he played it well. I, I think it's just Vincent D'Onofrio is just a, a really good actor. Yeah, no. I think it's just, um, it was nice to see him in that kind of role and like... He was having fun with it, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It's, just, it's hard to figure out his motivations. That's the one issue I've had with the villainous characters. It's really hard to figure out their motivations. Like when he's just like laughing as like the Tyrannons are attacking the park. I don't understand how that benefits his character's motivations at all. No. And that's why I don't like money, it because dude. it doesn't make any... Like I'm like watching, I'm like... Oh, no, maybe... Maybe that's him seeing dinosaurs could be used in warfare, seeing that actually happen, thinking, well, that's the enemy. Look at them. They're doing their job. Sure. Maybe he's thinking of it like sure, that. Sure, but like, like, how does thinking... this help his endgame of him getting them, like, okay, they can't be contained, no. <laughs> and all of our money <laughs> yeah. is about to be, ble- be bled dry. How does that help him? And also, he's... Well, because he already had the stuff going on with Wu, <laughs> right? I guess. He, I don't know. He was know. already working behind yeah, the scenes Yeah, but that's only assuming they have Come the on, funding. Man, my Jurassic World knowledge is, on the, is, is up, it's up today. I know this stuff. I don't know. Again, we just don't understand. There's no clear... <laughs> is this engine... Is in, like, you know, the whole company dynamic is very, very confusing in Jurassic World, and the motivations of the characters are very dyna- uh, confusing. It's hard to understand if these... You know, what were what was the intent? How... Like, it just... It's not really painted by the movie. It is kind of leaves you going, like, okay, but, like... I don't fully understand these characters and their motivations other than they wanted to do some weird things with dinosaurs and they were kind of bad. So they died. Yeah. Th- that's my well. takeaway for Jurassic world. Um, but I do like Hoskins. He's a lot of fun to watch. He had a really cool dynamic with Owen. When you put him and Chris Pratt, like together, you had a really fun dynamic between the two characters. And I like Owen's character a lot more in um, Jurassic world than I do in fallen kingdom. He seems a little more serious, a little mm-hmm. more gruff um a little more sarcastic where he feels too playful in fallen kingdom yeah i kind of feel like his character arc didn't start after there is no arc yeah i i i I saw where they would what they were doing in in jurassic world with both both him and claire and then in fallen kingdom it's like the whole thing restarts they're just different well she's just slightly different well very different in fact Uh, and they just sort of the only arc between them is the romance again that just does the exact same yeah, thing yeah it's it pointless yeah it's it's it's, an, it's a pointless romance if you're gonna start the romance in the same place you started in jurassic world why even have it in the first place yeah i don't know it doesn't matter what I I think, I we think can talk we, about this for days yeah, next part think, romance in jurassic world <laughs> that's it i think i think we yeah we could we could we could talk about that for days yeah. i think people know how much i didn't like that kiss though <laughs> in either yeah. of the two movies but i can't wait for the kiss in jurassic world 3 maybe it won't happen Oh, it's got to happen now, man. Man, Owen's going to get eaten by Indoraptor Rex, dude. It's going to be intense. Indoraptor Rex. Indoraptor Rex. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, so anyways, Battle of Rex Big Rock. Yeah, what's that? Which one's that? Uh, yeah, I've seen it once. Uh, it's Jurassic Park 6. And Ooh. actually, Dominion is Jurassic Park 7. Part two. I've already seen that one. Seen it. It's pretty good. Um, Dominion's alright, yeah, yeah, not bad. Dominion's good. Not Saw bad. an early cut before of the week that they have filmed. <laughs> yeah, be- beautiful, you know, absolutely. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know what's funny is, you know, you, we talked about this last time about how um you kind of thought that that shot of Maisie looked post-apocalyptic uh, of her walking, but yes. now the new shot of uh, the new shot that Colin shared, you can see it's just hey, she's like in a snowy lumber yard, and you can kind of like wait, there's a new shot. Yeah, did you see Colin posted it yesterday? I think. On Twitter or Twitter. Instagram? Ooh, hang on. It was um, a shot of him working, right? It was for the hashtag 
that Frank Marshall was doing. Um, oh, I've seen this one. Yeah. Yeah, but it shows a close-up of Maisie on the preview monitor. But people are... It's funny, because people are saying, you know, I wonder what she's looking at, what she's looking at. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to guarantee this isn't a take. This is a... They're referencing it. There's a reference they're doing right now. No, no, no. You can see another one of the actors in, behind her in uh, one of the... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they're in their blocking position, right? I don't think she's... I don't think... Assuming that she's... This is actually a live take, and she's looking at something off screen. I imagine... I don't just... know. The eyeline tracks for the other guy, so I do think, like, it might not be a take... But I do get the feeling that they're like kind of looking where they're supposed to look and expressing the way they're supposed to express. Like that's sort of the take because you've maybe. Got, you've got her and a dude in the, like the, the like the one of the lumberyard workers clearly behind her, and you can see the way they're positioned. It just has that look of it reminds me of uh, in Fallen Kingdom when they all get out of the. Uh, the military vehicle. Oh, you mean like the sort of like they've just arrived somewhere? Yeah, type they thing. all get out of the military vehicle yeah, and they're are. staring at the uh, brachiosaurus. Uh, how everyone so this might be when Maisie arrives at wherever what the hell's going on in this scene uh, my guess why is she in a lumber yard? I, I don't know I don't know but it, it is an interesting scene it looks like it does look like she's looking at something again I don't find the location that crazy small town you know small rural America you cut through these things all the time just to get to your house yeah it is like this is a pretty normal thing like I would cut through places like that all the time in my life and you know ride my bike but, through places you know, like that there's logs, so I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is Owen's new location where he's building a new shed uh, to live in. Shed. No, it's uh, clearly yeah, industrial <laughs> industrial lumberyard. Shack. Shack, yeah. <laughs> it is definitely something industrial. Um, ha- yeah. Um, large scale. How do you, how do you think this, this, this movie's going to open? Like the opening scene? Because in Jurassic World, we didn't get one. In Fallen Kingdom, we got the best one. What do you think this movie is going to do? You think Fallen Kingdom is the scene? best opening scene in the Jurassic franchise? Yes, 100%. I, Absolutely. The, the more I think about it, no. But like overall, like I watched that scene. And when we, when we, the five of us watched that together, though, seriously, come on. We the shot our vibes pants, right there, man. We, oh, sure. We because all... it's like a climax of any other Jurassic movie taken up to the extreme. No way, dude. What's better yeah, than yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's, it's, no, there's no scene. It, it's a well put together scene. Yeah. And if you forget all the all the issues like literally where the where the mosasaur arena actually is like things like that the huge issues with that sequence um and the fact that they why the hell did they need indominus dna in the first place when Wu would have had some in his lab now all of that stuff forget all that it's an amazing sequence and it's so yeah, jurassic it feels jurassic it is jurassic all the colors are right the guy in the raincoat like it's just perfect the t-rex reveal uh so yeah I'm curious as to we know colin can write that we know that this can be done with the franchise. I want more of that kind of thing. So I'm wondering what the opening scene for number three will be, especially considering dinosaurs are now in the world. Are we going to get some isolated story that sort of loosely links to what's going to happen? I, are we going to get... Uh, it's going to be a flashback, dog. Guaranteed, 93. Really? Back oh, on Nublar. Do- <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. Could you imagine? <laughs> I just shit my pants. Instantly the best Jurassic Park movie of all time. <laughs> um... I don't know. I'll, I'll be excited to see where things go. I, I love that photo that Colin showed. I mean, it's just interesting interesting to see snow. Uh, I think that yeah. that's just, that in itself is a really, really cool palette change. And I'm excited to see how we... Obviously, the dinosaurs are in the wild now, you know, in the world. So in the past, in another Jurassic film, you see snow and you're like, oh, okay, well, like, it's before they get to the island. Fair enough. But in this movie, we know the dinosaurs are 
elsewhere. So I think it's pretty obvious we're going to see dinosaurs in snow, and that should be really that should be fun. And I'm wondering if the movie's going to uh, ever have a line about dinosaurs being because a lot of people think dinosaurs are, are cold blooded. Um, not scientifically, people think that. Just a lot of people that don't know dinosaurs think dinosaurs are cold blooded. So I've seen comments like, "How would they be in snow? They wouldn't be able to survive." But like the reality is, dinosaurs really did live in snowy. What dinosaurs? Um, well, they, they obviously didn't catch like in Big Rock when it walks away, it just steps in the fire without even like considering it. Like it's a, it's clearly got tough skin. Yeah, they got tough skin, right. and they're warm blooded animals. Um, so they're gonna be able to survive in snow just the way other warm blooded animals can. Um, so I'm just curious if the movie will ever have a line about dinosaurs being warm-blooded. Like, I wonder if, like, there will be a character like, how are they out here in the snow? I thought they needed warm weather. It's like, no, they're warm-blooded. Zion Franklin. That's a Zion Franklin scene for sure. Eh, or it could just be a random bystander. Const- what do we think about Zion and Franklin coming back? Sure, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> uh... Chris, what do you believe? <laughs> Zion makes sense. She's a paleo... I mean, a paleo, paleo veterinarian, paleo veterinarian with zero there we go. experience yeah. in the real world. I would have yeah, rather, I would have rather had Zia's character it. be somebody who worked at Jurassic World and worked with the animals, so she had experience, Jerry Harding. experience, know-how, and stories. Because at this point, we're yeah, living in a world where people worked with the dinosaurs on a day-to-day basis, and I think having one of, and they chose Zia, and having one of those characters <laughs> would have been a far more interesting. But um, I want to see a dinosaur. I haven't yet, but I want to. I mean, that, Bring but me that's along. like every other <laughs> character. That's every other character. That's a fine character to have, but that's every other character. So why not, with your veterinarian character, why not introduce somebody that's worked with these animals, has a lot of experience, a lot of know, a lot of know-how, not just beyond the it medical. Have been field. Someone that worked at the exactly. Park, no, I would have. There would have been so many people that worked at that park, and the same with Franklin. That's his character name, right? Franklin, Franklin yeah. yeah. Well, he was originally written as somebody who worked at the park, and then they changed it once it once they cast um, Justice Smith because he was clearly too young looking. Um, but yeah, originally he was somebody that worked at the park. Okay. And uh, they, Fair but enough. they should have probably but, but their characters returning. They should have probably uh, tweaked Zia's character to have worked at the park. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and Maybe her whole "I never thought I'd see one of them in person" could just be like, "I never thought I would see them again after I left the island." Yeah, it has more of a, and that, that, more of a reason and that as well. Is... Especially, especially if she would have, like, obviously not imprinted on it, but if she's been around that brachio, for example, it would have made that scene more impactful. Yes. The brachio, so, you know, where it just comes through and we see it again, but the perspective's not shot, like... Yeah, and her experience isn't of... from reading a book or going to a class. I think what would, have been, what would have been interesting is she would have worked with these animals. She could have provided input specifically from her experience working with these individual animals. I think that that could have been a very fun perspective for the audience because yeah. we obviously have Owen with the raptors in blue, but that's about it. Owen doesn't really provide unique perspective and experience. Like We haven't had a veterinarian or just a you know a zookeeper for lack of better terms, with these animals um, in the Jurassic World series. And that's something that I would have liked to see. I'll really like to see. And I just think that Zia could have been that character, but she wasn't. Yeah, it could have been nice having a paleontologist as a character again. Uh, or no, yeah. not a paleontologist, like a zookeeper. But a, a prehistoric... No, 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 I'm, saying, as a, I'm saying it would be nice to have a paleontologist well, as a character again. Well, we're getting Dr. Grant back, so there we go. Allegedly. Who's sorry? Uh, Doctor Allen. Wait, wait, is that from one of the originals? Doctor Alan. No, Indiana Jones. Doctor Alan Diggler. Uh, Henry that, Ford. Those films are too. I don't watch anything pre two thousand ten, really. 
I just find it's <laughs> aged too poorly. <laughs> um, yeah, Dr. Uh, Allen. I, I love this bit. I don't care what anyone says. Um, but yeah, anyhow, I, I uh, guess my yeah. worry... I was going to ask you something, about... Chris. I, I don't understand why Franklin's coming back. Well, yeah, I don't understand why. I don't... He didn't why want to Jake fucking Johnson be there in back? the first place. It's not funny either. I just don't get it. I don't understand that character. That's I funny. don't think that we need this. I mean, with all the returning characters, when you have... Like, you know, it's been like Barry, Franklin, Zia, Lowry. <laughs> yeah, bringing them all back. Lowry. Um, I want to say... William H. Macy. Ma- oh, they got to bring back the Kirby's, That'd man. be so cool. <laughs> I just love it. Um, <laughs> I think that I'm a little bit worried. I mean, in this movie, we not only have to reintroduce Dr. Alan Grant, Dr. Ellie Sattler, and to a lesser extent, reintroduce Dr. Ian Malcolm. We've been told they have major roles in this movie. They're major leading roles. We not only have to reintroduce them, but we also have to give them major roles with arcs alongside the major roles for Owen and Claire and Maisie in their continuing arcs. That's a lot already. And by throwing in all these supplementary side characters, the world's going to feel kind of small. And it's also just going to be spending valuable time um, that probably should be spent on our pretty large cast of core characters. And then, of course, there's also the new characters. Um, oh, whoever yeah. Scott Hayes is playing, whoever... Um, uh, he, we know that he was one of the ones that were in Canada. Um, uh, and I think all, all we really know is Maisie, Owen, and Scott Hayes' character were in Canada. Um, there might have been others, but those are the only ones that we know, like, formally. Scott yeah. Hayes is probably some lumber worker that's going to be in the movie for 30 seconds. And, like, no, I think... Owen's friend. They're going to, like, high-five once, and that's it. I think that he yeah. was... <laughs> Like, supposedly, like, a leading role. I'm assuming villain. Another leading role. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, make um, Malcolm the villain. Let's do it. You know what's going to happen is that is, uh, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum are going to be pushed to the side. I uh, I don't think so. No way, be, dude. They're going to no be way. pretty cameoed. No way. No, no. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, we'll see what happens. This this delay is, uh, is going to go on a, f- a fair amount of time, right? They may uh, slip in another rewrite. At least five more days. Guaranteed. At least five more days. Oh, yeah. that's this podcast promise. will be out and we'll still be South by Yeah, it would just be... That's pretty sure, sir. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, but sorry, Matt. I, I really don't understand why they're bringing Franklin back. But you, yeah, you make a point. That is a huge character list and ever-growing. Especially if... I don't think they're doing this, but if they bring back uh, Tim Murphy, which, again, I really don't think is going to happen. Cameo uh, Yeah, there just seems to be too many people um, at this point. But uh, that's cool that he's doing that Jurassic World uh, watch from home on Thursday, upcoming Thursday, which... Uh, yeah, you can announce it. Book it, friends and family. Book it. Send me your Venmos. Put your uh, bets in now that he's going to announce that he's back for Jurassic World for me. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think he's, he is actually going to announce Yeah, a little cameo, sure. Nah, I don't, I don't think so. I, you I have think to it's be too... positive. You have to be... I, I don't... I don't see, that's the thing. I wouldn't want it. I think it's already too many people. And I think... I think... Uh, some people aren't going to be happy with how they execute those characters because it's been so long. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. People have opinions, you know. I just think I just think some people aren't going to be happy with Alan Grant in this movie. And, and, and it won't be down to Sam Neill. I just think it won't feel like Dr. Alan Grant. Um, so I, I, I just, I kind of, yeah, the three of them's enough, I think. If, if you're going to bring Tim Murphy back, bring him back in, in a spin-off or something like that. I will say the one th- I wanted um, Lex and Tim to come back originally, but I feel like the movie to do that was Jurassic World. 
um, because Agreed. they would have had yeah. a stake of ownership in Engine and uh, the island potentially after Hammond had passed. They would be adults now, and so they could have been involved somehow with Mizrani's ownership and whatnot. I think that that would have been the movie, or maybe Fallen Kingdom when you know everything was in court. Um, in the introduction, 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 jeez, <laughs> introduction of Lockwood. Um, so, I'm not saying that those characters couldn't be brought back, but I feel like the very easy and logical times to bring them back have already passed, and we already have so many returning characters. And this is a wide world again. Like like we said earlier, there are characters that worked on the island that worked with these animals directly. Um, I think that I'm more interested in their perspective, given the developments of where the world's gone. I'm more interested in those characters now, not necessarily returning characters, but the characters that could pro provide input and really interact in this new world in a meaningful, meaningful way, in a way that really yeah. responds to where the story has driven itself. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it'll be interesting. Uh, what do you think um, Wu's character's gonna... Do you think we'll have a complete arc for him now? I hope you think they'll complete his story that we don't actually quite know where it's going? I, I hope that we figure out what his motivations have been. Um, I really do hope that we figure out what his motivations have been. I hope that um, we can get a little bit more fleshed out because he kind of just seems like this evil, mad scientist who really doesn't have an arc right now. And I want to see maybe he isn't quite as evil or as mad as he's been coming out. And I would also just figure out, like, what are his motivations? What's been going on with him? How did he end up working in Lockwood's basement? Why is he building Indoraptors? Like, you know, it made sense in Jurassic World. He was doing, like, a little side gig, um, and it was a good way for him to explore the possibilities of his science further than maybe he was given elsewhere. But, like, I, beyond that, the way things have gone, I, I need to understand his motivation. His... his just... Where what is his part in this world that has been going on since you know before Jurassic since before Jurassic Park? Um, surely he there, there's more to that story, and if he's going to keep being featured in the ways that he has, we need to hear more of that story. Yeah, so hopefully they'll they'll almost try and wrap up his story a little bit, or I don't know, I, I really don't know. I I we talked about me and Assis talked about the uh, leaked synopsis. But I really don't know where this movie's going. Um, I really haven't. I really haven't thought about what, what you know. I don't what know we're going to see. I, I it just to me, I worry that we're going to get a movie that feels equally too long and too short. Uh, feels like it's multiple movies and kind of jumps from location to location, like the last Jason Bourne did. I'm a little bit worried about that because there seems to be already so much going into it. It seems so too crowded for sure. Yeah, and it just seems like at some point, you know, they they probably wanted to split this in two. I think they should, man. I think they if that was the original plan, I don't know if they've I mean they must have like adjusted the original storyline then, right? If the original plan was to make it two partner. Maybe yeah. I just uh, that's scary. I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I, I do worry about it for those reasons, but it, it, it kind of clouds my ability to to be able to kind of know what's going to like kind of predict what I think will happen. Um, I don't know. I'm just unsure. Yeah, this is the first time I'm like going into one of the new movies and I have like no expectations on what to even what if I, I don't even 
I can't even think of one thing I'd want to see at this point. No. Like no, I, I guess it's such a blank slate. Yeah, it really is for me. I, it's like okay, if if you know, it weren't the biggest fan of Fallen Kingdom. It's like it's been a it's been a couple of years. Let's see what you got. Because Battle yeah, pretty of Big much. Rock was impressive, and I really liked the the style and tone that that went down. Um, do you know actually that's one thing we didn't talk about is is how they made battle at big rock and the virtual camera ilm that they used for sort of pre-visualization and yeah to figure out the dinosaurs uh that's goddamn cool that's in that behind the scenes video um yeah yeah that you shared with us so if you're not familiar i mean it's been out for some time now industrial light and magic posted october 28 um, 2019 they posted a little two minute and 30 second behind the magic and battle at big rock video and uh we did talk about it yeah earlier, it's, it's, it's but i uh, they it's uh, it's really cool. Jack, do you want to explain the uh, the VR part of it, the virtual production? Yeah. So from what I can tell, they gave um, ILM set it up so ahead of actually filming, they worked in a stage where they gave Colin a camera with a, a preview monitor and a, sometimes on a Steadicam, and he was able to what he was looking at through that monitor was the sequence with the dinosaurs. They were able to sort of build that around him. They called it like a virtual camera. And it helped them pre-visualize what they wanted to shoot um, using sort of people in uh, mocap suits and things like that. And they had, a, I mean, we've seen that the next co- uh, photo that Colin posted was that sort of blow up look like dinosaur head yeah. thing um, on the stick. Uh, and that's that's what they were doing. So this was a new way. Uh, the guys in the video, David Vickery and um, the other guy said that this is like the first time they've ever had to, they've ever worked this way. It's It's a new way of working and they're able to sort of it's like give colin a way of it's like being put like into a vr world a of... and then yeah like having the previs assets in front of you um being played out by people in mocap suits and then rather than you just going out there and filming with a camera and then hoping that the dinosaurs are filmed from the angles that make sense obviously they can play around with it a little bit and previs does help but colin in real time can hold the camera with his vr goggles and walk around and be like oh i'm right underneath the two dinosaurs as they're fighting and see what that perspective would look like from the camera and go oh this is a great shot like let's do it this way or yeah. let me get over here behind it and sh- like and it because it's all playing out in real time in a three-dimensional world and his camera then tracks, he can see exactly what his camera would see if he were actually there in real life. If this, if he was on if, the set. Yeah, yeah if all it. these assets were happening in real time, the dinosaurs including, like, he could just go around, walk around, and figure out, okay, now I know where I want to film and how this is going to work. And you can see that in the video. They show you the shot where the family are looking through the window of the trailer, and you can see the dinosaurs start to come in. Yeah. And you can see Colin shooting like a previs for that sequence with mo- people in mocap suits and you can see the screen that he's seeing and it's just yes yeah, it's, it's impressive it's a really cool way of doing it and giving him like this is what's needed i think for for shooting a dinosaur movie that's, that's predominantly gonna be cgi yeah this really helps sell that effect in in the way you shoot it the lighting oh, conditions i imagine is undin- like unbelievably beneficial for colin um yeah, yeah, and like and, and the cinematographer, who uh, it was uh, Larry Fong, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, that's Whoa, one thing that got that. me, man. I, yeah, yeah. Um, God, that really got me. It because I thought it would be John Swartzman, and it wasn't. And then, hang on, where are we looking? Uh, but then he isn't using 
Larry Fong for yeah. what, what's up with Jurassic that? World Three, and I'm and Who fair enough, got a working relationship is is incredibly important with the cinematographer and the director, but Battle of Big Rock Band looked so good. No, that's not that's looked not good. the first time you know, Colin worked with Larry Fong either. Colin worked uh, with him yeah, on the Jeep commercial. Interesting. Ah, so yeah, that is interesting. Why not Larry Fong for JW three, man? What is yeah, this? Yeah, that's what that's that is what I'm surprised about because Larry Fong, you know, Kong Skull Island at the same time as Jurassic World. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it used Hawaii in a much better way. Uh, I mean, that that movie's gorgeous to look at, and yeah, also he did Super Eight, so Jesus Christ, he should have gone for Jurassic World three. Um, wow. It just fits the style. The, yeah, it does. Genre. It does. But uh, yeah, I. And he also shot episodes of Lost. That's where I know his name from. That's honestly, that makes sense. Shot Lost as well. This is the man for Jurassic. <laughs> That's it. Just mention Lost and you're sold. That's it. I'm in. I'm in. This guy. Give him anything. But he uh, wants. yeah, no. Battle of um, Big Rock is gorgeous. It feels like it has evolved from the Fallen Kingdom art style a little bit, but it has its own yeah. sort of. Uh, it's a little bit more handheld. Um, it's a little bit more intimate. Um, but it also has some of those more storybook-like scenes. Um, it definitely fits the the style in a way. Um, yeah, no, it feels like a very natural evolution that would come after Fallen Kingdom. Yes. And even though we're changing cinematographers, if it's at all indicative of um, how uh, Jurassic World Dominion will look, I'm quite excited. Indeed. Um, yeah, no. So Battle of Big Rock, I think, was just really interesting. And I love the footage at the end of it, the compies, the stegosaurus. It's really – I find it fascinating that all of that footage at the end of Battle of Big Rock, those are pre-existing, like, viral videos, like, real-world viral videos that they licensed and then included dinosaurs in them. Like, when the stegosaurus, like, swings its tail and the car goes off the cliff, that's real footage of yeah. a guy, like, losing <laughs> yeah. control of his car and crashing off oh, a cliff. Shit. And, yeah, they included the stegosaurus in it. Um all of that footage is pre-existing licensed footage, um, which is kind of funny, but uh, it, it 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 seems natural because they basically replaced certain elements with dinosaurs, and you still have like real-world people on their real cameras, not film cameras, filming these types of circumstances that uh, you end up with, like the mosasaur as well. <laughs> um, yeah, the mosasaur jumping out, and it's it's fun, it's goofy, and it's fun but it's not like that goofy it's just kind of goofy when you think about the way they did it um yeah it was a very cool thing to although it is really funny um, imagining a parent filming their child being chased by um compies yeah. like like <laughs> like right after that camera stopped rolling things got dark that, that, that's <laughs> yeah. like the, the only way sure. to think about it like things must have got dark right after that camera stopped rolling um, yeah, I mean, we all saw what happened. Well, we didn't see what happened to uh, what's her name, Kathy Bowman. We know it wasn't good. World. I mean, she lived, but we know it wasn't pretty. Oh, she, she, she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, Battle of Big Rock, though, I think was really nice, and I think we said again on the last one. I, I want to see more of that. I, I'd love if if the delay between, or not a delay, but I mean, the gap between Fallen Kingdom and, and Jurassic World 3 had been a bit longer, allow Colin to do another one. You know, get another short film in there. I mean... To really ramp up that suspense. Or somebody else, another short film that fits into that universe that's in this universe that we've now created between the movies where dinosaurs are now in our world, but it's not so crazy yet. They're just there. 
I think that's such an interesting time. Things have broken out, other people are breeding, but people are still going camping in the middle of a national park, and, and they're fine until something Until they're not. The camp. Um, until they're not. I just, it would be nice to see more of this kind of thing because it's the kind of Jurassic I'd like to see. And I think it's, this is the first time we've had something like this a short yeah. Jurassic film that's official. And it used and, some really neat tech, um, which, by the way, what I was going to segue to before um, is do you think that Jurassic World Dominion might use some of, I think it's called like Stagecraft or whatnot, that they used on The Mandalorian? Have you seen that? Uh, what was it called? Stage. I forget what it is. Have you seen the way they filmed The Mandalorian? Um, no. They turns out a lot of their backdrops. It was all. It's all caught in camera. Um, they had CG elements, but it could be moved in real time because it's running on Unreal Engine. It was a screen. It was like a big three dimensional screen behind the set. Um, yeah, I'm looking now at The Mandalorian's um, stagecraft technology. It's. I it's found insane. an article that see how the stagecraft technology works. They captured it all in camera. That's not like placeholder. So it cast, cast the screen obviously cast real light onto the environment so they could control the lighting situation and make it actually bounce off people. But instead of putting a, like a green screen and CGing in and post, there's captured in camera. They put a, a sunset behind the person. And boom, it's all on camera. You can't tell. It's a screen. But half of the stuff you're seeing in uh, The Mandalorian are digital, like a screen behind the actors as they're acting. And it's tracked in real time to the camera. So as the camera, obviously, if you had just a screen with an image behind someone, as the camera panned around, it wouldn't move in three-dimensional space. But it has motion tracking with the camera. So when you pan the camera around, the screen, what it, the screen's showing, shifts the perspective to be true to real life the way the camera would work. So, you know, the mountains move forward, the sky moves back and whatnot. Um, and it's insane. It's, it's all insane, like the way that it's working, because they're working with a, un, they're working with Unreal Engine. Um, but they're using fine old CG elements. They didn't go over it afterwards with CGI. It was all caught in camera. And it's just an incredible technology that I think really changes the way that they're probably going to tackle filmmaking for a lot of projects in the future. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. This is crazy. So they're actually using the LED lights that are in screens to project what it's seeing, the right lighting onto that character that's now in that environment. Yeah, but yeah, because the exactly. environment's on the screen. Wow. And the environment actually works in camera. It looks when you watch The Mandalorian, you cannot tell that the the backdrops are screens. I had What's The Mandalorian on by the uh, way? Disney like Disney how Plus. Do you... Ah, so we have that in the UK yes. now. That opened up. Yes. The only thing it's missing though is The Simpsons. So I haven't bought it yet because i mean if i'm honest the simpsons season one to ten is something i'll be binging you should i mean i imagine that probably won't take too long have they said well i think the reason they they left it out is because when they dropped it in america they they cropped so they're waiting to fix it but they missed jokes yeah they missed out jokes and stuff because they're cropping away from that original aspect ratio so um um yeah well sorry i'm just watching videos on this it's incredible yeah and in my opinion, movie magic that could probably really change the way, uh, I mean, it d- did change the way things were filmed. It, the way they did set extensions where they had the, you know, the main characters walking down like an icy dock and it just looks like it extends forever. But meanwhile, it just literally like eventually his set ends and there's a screen there and it was all caught in camera. I could never tell that that was like going from, you could tell it's maybe CG. See, but, this works for Star Wars so much because you can build these photo real worlds but actually have the characters interacting in them as opposed to 
in the prequels it was just primarily yeah and it, you know it works for the actors as well um yeah. but yeah you don't have the green screen the green screening you have all the assets in real time you can work around and again it's sort of like what an iom did on battle of big rock where you can figure out your best camera angles um you can realize oh yeah but this is actually capturing it this is incredible yeah yeah i'm, I'm i haven't and seen in real time thing. they could also change it they could go oh we really like this angle but you know that mountain's kind of blocking the sun can you move the mountain to the left but keep the sun where it yeah. is and you can do that <laughs> you can play go you, you could do that in real time oh you know what what if this sunset was oranger okay you know okay you know what you know what screw it let's Fuck shoot it. it at nighttime it boom okay let's uh you know change time of day to nighttime it's all real time but it's all it's on a type of screen that captures properly in camera where it doesn't look like a screen. Um, you know, they build the sets and then they extend the sets and they also have randomization. So it's not just like loops, like things like sparks coming down. They have randomization and uh, AI kind of running some of the things to make it actually realistic. And uh, yeah, I just, I find that to be a really fast, I mean, it's obviously CG, but capturing in camera is tremendously beneficial um capturing it all in camera yeah and yeah that's really impressive so you basically you're asking if you think we're going to see that in jurassic world yeah do you think i mean i think that it could have a ton of uh uses so my question is yeah but based on the location list no but i reckon yeah if there's stage stuff i think that they, they may utilize that i mean you know they, it's it's not as if they don't share these exactly it's industrial light it is industrial light and magic that developed yeah. that so um he, well with um unreal uh but uh yeah i i think that uh i think that could have a lot of really really cool beneficial um like I, the way that it would probably cut down on some of the budget as well the one thing it does change is it changes changes the workflow to be a little bit more front-loaded um, where you obviously have to have these assets created in advance. But, um, yeah, no, I think that it could be really, really cool for Jurassic. And I think it's a great way to, you know, it would have worked great. We saw the sets for Fallen Kingdom, the way, like, you know, had some of Lockwood's Manor built, and then it just ends. Um, but things like this would have really been a really great way to continue those sets and capture it all in real time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that it could be a really, really cool technique. And... It might be something that we see utilized more and more down the line because Mandalorian's a TV show, Correct, right? Yeah. So yeah, very I guess high budget TV it's show. Almost I think each episode testing it out, making sure it works, yeah, which it's, it's it does. Too relatively too new as well. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it probably needed the Mandalorian for something like Jurassic World to go. Okay, yeah, we can utilize some yeah. of this. You know, it, I mean, but um, yeah, based on what I just saw, yeah, that can really work. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's it's exciting in my opinion. But I'm so, I'm still you know I'm still an on location. Oh kind of sure, guy, yeah. As, as much as they can. I think that on get on location. As, literally as much as possible. But when you have to, because it's it's surprising how much, uh, of just an any film now. It's surprising how much is CG, like of the environment. Oh my god, yeah. I mean. And it's it's scary. It's kind of it's kind of sad because it's like these places exist in real life, and <laughs> you could just go there and shoot that. Um, I find that really strange. Yeah, and I, I find there is you you notice that difference, and it's not just a, a style or the way it looked at the time. But you can tell a difference between like '90s movies and and what we're seeing now, and like early 2000s as well, in 
terms of just location and they just have that look that is a little the, bit more real the imperfection that sometimes comes with shooting on location you don't capture the best sunset you don't capture the best weather conditions sometimes the lighting isn't exactly, exactly yeah. perfect but it life isn't perfect it, the man. imperfections that come with shooting on location um and yeah i understand that uh vfx artists oftentimes do try to introduce those imperfect imperfections and a lot of times the issues with the vfx shot isn't on the artist it has to do with time money and producers saying we want it to look perfect we want it to be perfectly picturesque and the you know the vfx team are probably saying well hey listen like in real life the, you know the audience might not believe this as much oh no 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 we just want it to look perfect you know we want it to look gorgeous and it's like okay yeah, brighten it up brighten it brighten it color it up <laughs> you know make it look perfect brighten it yeah. and it's just you know it, it eventually and then the vfx teams take the brunt of the blame uh their art form is incredible and the problem about their art form most of the time is they don't get praise um for their best work because their best work you don't necessarily know it's there um and that happens a lot and that must be frustrating as a vfx artist to kind of have people typically talk about it um when it's not working or maybe the overuse of it but like when they're saying, well, listen, you, yeah, we're using it a lot, but you don't even realize how much we're using it because half the times we're doing it right because we're allowed to do it right. Um, but at the same time, yeah. I still think there is an argument for VFX is always trying to recreate the – well, not always. They're not always trying to recreate the real world. Um, but a lot of times they are just trying to recreate the real world. And if they can go out there and capture it for real, it's not an insult to their work to say, hey, we wish that they would do it for real and capture it in camera. It's just the practicality and the the textile truth of just being out there in the real, real world and capturing that on camera is half of the you know gorgeousness of it. But um, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's obviously it's a debate because you hear people talk about practical and you can see a lot of VFX uh, artists get mad about it sometimes. Um, not all of them, but some do. Okay, so, I mean, let's talk about the future of the franchise. We obviously have Jurassic World Dominion, um, and we have Camp Cretaceous, which we don't know too much about, but it's supposed to be out there. Yeah, soon. if uh, it doesn't There's get also um, some little sexy website that I've been frequenting called JurassicOutpost.com reported in uh, March, early March, um, that there was a... Basically, it came from a production listing... Um, there was a live action series for Jurassic uh, that was being in is, is listed as development, which as we said in the article, we don't think is, is like active development. It's probably some ideas have started forming. People are talking about it. Uh, the idea is that it's supposed to tie into what happens in Jurassic world dominion. Um, Amblin television are, are the ones that are putting this together. Um, and, from the listing, it seems that Colin and Spielberg are serving as producers uh, alongside the Amblin television um, presidents uh, who are newcomers to the industry, right? Newcomers, sorry, newcomers to, to yeah, to the franchise, sorry. Not to the industry. Can you imagine <laughs> being a president of Amblin television and you are new? All right, boys, <laughs> your brand new. project. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, uh, so it's, a live action series they listed vancouver as a filming place which is common i mean i, I doubt that relates to anything nope. that we know of so far about dominion because vancouver films Lots so TV. many tv Lots shows TV. Um, but uh it, it's pretty goddamn fascinating this was supposed to be something that may have either tied in to dominion or come after it and continued that story but either way it was in the same universe and it's in the same 
it's it's obviously set in this time. It's not that prequel series that people have wanted, the sort of HBO miniseries that people talked about, the prequel to Jurassic Park or anything like that. This definitely uh, indicates that it takes place after Dominion or alongside. Um, but it's cool. I mean, this is the kind of thing people want. Assis, you'd watch this, right? I would watch this. But for all we know, like the level of development that this project is at is probably someone saying, hey, we should do a Jurassic World TV show. And then, yeah. <laughs> boom, that's it. It's in development now. Well, so, we know, yeah, we know that um, Colin and Spielberg were listed as producers, but it's, this is, it's all, it's all very early. And obviously now with what's happening in the world right now, yeah, things no, like this, it's, it's, it's all up in the air at this point. All up in the air. And this is something that could be just dropped, but uh, it's exciting. Uh, hearing about an Amblin TV series for Jurassic, I'm in. I mean, I'm That's exciting. In, I'd be even more in if they start tying this up with Fast and Furious, dude. Can you imagine oh, Vin, Vincent Diesel or Dominic Toretto? <laughs> Vincent Diesel. <laughs> no, but seriously uh, though, I would, I would love to, uh, I would love to have like a proper, high budget TV program to watch. That's not just aimed at kids only, but aimed at towards like the older audience too. Like something in the vein of the Westworld, but obviously not as intense, but something that's. It delves more into the science. Yeah, Westworld was a letdown, though. Holy shit. Real, hello. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. uh, Here we go. All right. It's controversial I didn't. for you. No, I watched the first series of Westworld, and oh my god, I just tried so hard. And I loved some of it, and some of it is so crap. And by the end of the series, I was so uninterested. And I was amazed, because I loved the Westworld movie. And obviously, Michael Crichton things like that it's such a cool idea it's basically jurassic park without the dinosaurs but oh see westworld nah, season one i think me. is brilliant season two eh, but i'm like in season, like season three two. season three is fun wasn't there not a a hint towards jurassic park there was a talk of like a gaps? costa rican like yeah, development or something like that and i was like ah oh, jurassic park that could be jurassic park dude so maybe i don't know i I'm excited about the the prospects i'm excited about a world in which we can live in and have weekly jurassic park content I just can't get over the fact that you thought Westworld wasn't good, man. I don't know. Season one is brilliant. No, no, no. I didn't say that, Chris. I thought Westworld it had some really exceptional episodes and really, I mean, the concept alone is fantastic. I just, there was some terrible acting in season one. Really? Two characters that really didn't need to be there and really, really, and I'm not, they weren't even robots at this point. This isn't like, this isn't some robot acting like a robot. This was I can't even remember now. It was, it was, was it a long the time ago. I watched it, but the technicians working yeah, on they Maeve. Were crap. Okay, yeah, 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 they were. Dude, they sucked, and they pulled me out of the whole <laughs> thing because I was like, they're not even supposed to be robots. Like, I could get it if they were dry a, a little bit and poorly performed. If they were supposed to be like the goddamn robots or something. But no, they felt they felt I like just... a little bit like made for primetime TV audiences almost. Like the way, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. did stand out a little bit more. Like it didn't even feel like it was on the actors. It felt kind of like the way the characters were directed and written. Um, yeah, those two technicians that work with Maeve definitely felt like a little out of place compared to the rest of the series. It was weak, yeah. But um, weak. And it I didn't take me way, out of this. Towards the end, it just... Yeah, I just think towards the end of the series, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I remember getting to the last episode and just being like, "Oh my god, end!" And, and <laughs> wow, that's it's I rare for something opposite effect. Yeah, I guess it is strange because th- th- those kind of shows are my kind of shows, and, and I was really into yeah, this I think world, really into the concept, really loved the look of it. There are a lot of actors on that show. 
um, that I would love to see in a Jurassic project. Jeffrey Wright. Star Wars, Jeffrey dude. Wright would be great. Um, Evan Rachel Wood would be a lot of fun. She'd be awesome. But you know who would be the yeah. best? Go on. Ed fucking Harris. Ah, uh, nah. really? Yeah. No way. The man in black, Ed Harris? Nah. He nah. would be so good in Jurassic. He'd as be who, the generic as Lewis villain, Dodgson? dude. Like, as, as anybody. Actually, you know what? He could play Lewis Dodgson. He kind of looks a bit... bit I don't could play him at this point. He might be too much of a villain for Jurassic, though. If oh, no, I would, like, I would like to see him maybe playing less of a villain. I, would, I think that he just has that sense of command and experience and kind of there, there's a lot going on and i feel like he would feel very at home in a jurassic film he would he would feel very out of jurassic park in the lost world um yeah and i would love to see him play a good guy what's ed harris looks like uh, the more i'm scrolling through his images though i can see i can see cameron thor in there i can see a modernized lewis dodgson I would, I mean, no, I can see what you mean. I would love to see Ed Harris just have any role to play in a Jurassic film. Just as an actor, I think that no matter <laughs> what you do. Just give him anything. Just, <laughs> just let him play fucking Alan Grant. Oh, I should probably cut. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's just one of those actors that I, I watch on that show, and I go, man, I'd really like to see him given a chance to uh, play a character in Jurassic and have, like, I think that he would bring a sense of realism and this very seriousness to the screen and it would be very interesting to see him and like Chris Pratt interact I'm not sure if that would work but you know him and Sam Neill or him and Laura Dern would be fantastic or even him and uh, Samuel him and Bryce Dallas Howard I feel like could I don't know I haven't seen his so what you're saying is Ed Harris is a good actor yes yes that <laughs> yeah, is what he... I'm saying this is true. That is fact. What about the budget, though? Like, you need you only have to have like a really high ass budget for this type of movie or this type of TV show, right? Cause for Westworld, you, Westworld looks probably, expensive. Oh, oh, Westworld, yes, but that's HBO cash. We're talking about uh, the Jurassic World Amblin series. They have to pump in a bit of cash into that. If it's going to be on the Peacock streaming service, the Universal streaming service, it might be like their flagship launch title whenever that happens. So they might they might put money into it, but this can go. I fear this could go the way of Terra Nova. Oh, I was about to say that? Terra Nova. <laughs> yeah, I fear that 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 could happen again. Terra Nova, ass dinosaurs man, that stuff. had some really cool. It was a really cool idea. It was really a good idea, horribly idea. executed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visuals. That's my only concern really. as well. I like that kind of world. It's kind of like um, a modern take on like Dinotopia or something like that. It had sure, yeah, those kind of vibes. But it, it'd be interesting to see. Hopefully, with everything that's happened right now, it hasn't. All it's done is halted production. I, I hope they haven't just. You know, kind of, because at the end of the day, this is this is destroying economies, including the film industry. So it. Oh, absolutely. I'm just hoping, yeah, things like that. We get our chance at having a Jurassic miniseries. We don't fully understand if we don't, but that yeah. it's something that when that announcement happened, um, yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, that's something I've wanted to hear for a while now. That's that's yes. cool. You know, that's exciting. Um, it's what we want. It's what fans want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess we'll see. Uh, before we wrap up, guys, uh, Universal have still not mentioned anything about a Jurassic World three delay. I think that I think it makes sense. Um, I don't think that there's a world where Avatar two doesn't get delayed, and I think that if Universal is happy putting out Jurassic during the winter time, and that they're able to see a production schedule that works to hit winter twenty twenty one, I think that that would make a lot of sense. Um, 
Well, Batman today, the Batman pushed the back Batman from got pushed. to uh, October. Where was it originally? Uh, June June twenty fifth. June October. Oh, that's interesting because October. But they've been filming a lot. Is October longer a too, good though. month for film for movie releases? Well, it's Halloween um, month, really. So that's when you start. Ba- I, mean, I thought that's like where the big. I thought that's money. like where the big small movies go. No, yeah, that's Batman, like, so January Feb. Okay. Um, I thought this, I, I thought January right? and Feb is where you dump things, but I thought like October wasn't as like powerful as like a winter release like a like a christmas era like november yeah i guess yeah yeah but I, I, I don't know i for me like i understand all that and i understand that people go see certain movies at certain times summer blockbuster that kind of thing winter movie but like i don't go and see movies like that and i'm like like i'm not annoyed if a movie's come out in february yeah i don't something. really have you know what i mean it doesn't feel different i don't have an opinion on that if they said to Jurassic Right, it's coming out January 1st, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll go see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. If it's it like, oh, mean... November 22nd, 2021 or whatever, I, cool. I'd be like, awesome. <laughs> cool. That, that, that cool. Seems, sounds good to me. Seems like it makes sense. Yeah. It seems like it makes sense. So December would be perfect, man. There's a huge void left with Star Wars. I know a lot of families went to Star Wars over and over again during the Christmas holidays, and Jurassic Park could fill that void. It's like a big yes. blockbuster that everyone knows of. That is true. Yeah. It would have no competition. It would just run over people, man. Wait, when? Uh, December. Yeah, looks like November 19th falls on a Friday, and then let's look at December. Can we be like December 10th, yeah. December 17th, December 24th? Ugh. Exactly Is Christmas right. good? Yeah. I don't know. I'd say like before Christmas. December 17th would be a yeah. perfect, perfect day. Yeah, yeah It's going to be weird, I would though. Love I, think, to see that. I think still this year, if things open back up this year, theaters are going to have like a three-seat between you policy. Yeah, un- unless you like book as yeah, a group. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, if you're coming to theater as a group, your social distancing isn't like as important, but like, but like <laughs> you didn't figure it out and you never will. Yeah. Um, I mean like, no, I'm just saying like, you know, if you come in like with your like family or whatnot, you're all close to one another anyhow. So you can have seats yeah, like, yeah, right next course, to each yeah. other. But then once you book those, those seats, I, yeah, there should probably be blocks of seats then. But then also it's, it's what about cleaning a, them? A, a like very... clean, like it just, there's going to be a lot. That's there's a lot of, unknowns. I'll spray them like they were doing, like they were spraying Chinese um, streets in Wuhan, you know, with those huge industrial, yeah. what it looked like pesticide or something, you know, down the street. That's how they'll just clean theaters. Sit on these weirdly. Well, they'll just moist, whitewash them. These theaters will turn into wet rooms. Chairs. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just have to like get a poncho when you go to see a movie now. <laughs> yeah. You get given a towel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wrong kind of theater, but come on, I think it'll be interesting. Come on, guys, um, I think it'll be interesting. Either way, uh, it's you know any movie that releases in the next year or two is going to take a hit in box office sales anyway. So uh, there may even be some transition between real world time between a theater release and a home release, which is interesting. Um, you know, we may get Avatar two. That this won't happen, but. You know, they might release Avatar 2 in theaters for the weekend, and then starting Monday, you can watch it in your house. You pay $20, you download it, it's done. I don't think we'll that see that on be... the big blockbusters when, once things get back to normal, but... Uh, yeah, I... but they might for budgetary. You know, the like I said, the industry is now... Oh, I'd hate that, though. I would really hate that. Pro- yeah, I would hate that, too. And I, I hate the idea of, of streaming services, but people... If if they're struggling and if it comes to a point where box office numbers just aren't filling anymore because some people are paranoid to go out still, and we're talking a year yeah, or two sure. after the industry, they might people have to resort to those kind of methods, which benefits some people. Like you and I, I personally, I'd rather watch in a theater regardless. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's going to be an interesting time. I think it's going to reinvent how. This is. Uh, I mean, studios have wanted general. the theaters <laughs> to go home entertainment for a long time. Uh, that would be horrible, though. I would hate it. Yeah, I, I just I think Spielberg is right when he says about the theater experience, and and sometimes it's just designed to be seen with people around you. And oh, absolutely, and just I don't care experience. how good your home theater is, it, the the screen is not going to be as big. You know, the quality is not going to be there. The, the sound systems, the sound, the sound systems, not going to be there. You're no longer in the isolated, an isolated environment that commands your entire attention. Um, yeah, exactly. It just well, unless do you know what I've said this before. This is one place. Um, that's why I like flying. I mean, because it's the one place where, like, I choose not to connect to the Wi-Fi because you are you got nothing else. You're sitting and you are facing that screen. You have to wear Watching headphones. It's one movies. of the most immersive places to watch a movie. It's, it's certainly not the greatest experience. It's funny. It's like that's like the place you can't that, turn away. I see. I disagree. Can't. I can't pay attention on a on a. I'll watch like on an airplane, like maybe a movie I've already seen, but I it just yeah no it doesn't work. Really, it's interesting. I um, you might be like the one, one person the... that says that. Like that's like the one thing that everyone in the industry agrees they fucking hate. Like they hate that their movies are on airplanes. That's interesting. I think because it's the it's it's such a time pass. I mean, I read a lot on planes too. Like, but if I had a nine-hour flight, for example, to Vancouver. Like I've watched three movies, four movies back to back, just because you can, and you you kind of sat, you can't really do anything. Planes are so uncomfortable. You're just like, well, I got nothing else except looking at the screen. I might as well take something in. I might as well watch a movie. See, I'd rather just have Wi-Fi and talk to people or something. Oh no, I can't. I think a plane. It's social so good on a plane. You can get away from everything. M- music and a chance for me to actually get to my backlog of replying to people. I've got like ninety unread texts on my cell phone right now. Hey, Jack, he's flexing on us, dude. I, that's not <laughs> a flex. Not that's that's, that's how many, Chris, how many did you say you had? Like 90 unread. Yeah, well, I got like 95 unread, uh-huh. bro. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> also got, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I guess just other... Uh, maybe um, me and Assis are just better at replying to messages. <laughs> just, oh, snap. Come on. Let's see. Okay, this one's just like Xfinity alerts, and this one's like Twitter alerts. Okay, 24 of them... You, so 20, 24 of them are Twitter, Twitter alerts, but then the rest are all real. Hey guys, listen to the podcast. If you have Chris's number, please text him so he won't respond. So you can bolster his numbers. <laughs> it's uh, you're in a queue when you text Chris. You're in a queue, like, and if you reply again, it puts you right. Back to the <laughs> so you, you have to just wait. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's a good place to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to some of what we may have coming. I don't know about you guys, but Battle of Big Rock certainly did. Uh, yeah. It reinvigorated. Like, for lack of a better word, it, it brought me back in a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited. For sure. You know. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what's going to happen. I can see that big rock months. finally. Hopefully in Jurassic World 3, some big rocks. Well, I'm hoping they find the big rock, man, because especially for you, I know that's a problem. Big, with, um, it's a big problem. Big rock, man? They just weren't no. there. Big rock, man? Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> about the big rock, man. The thing. <laughs> Tobias Fuke. <laughs> I, what's he say? I need to get my rocks off. Daddy uh, needs to get his rocks off. <laughs> Sweetie, daddy's here. He has to get his rocks off. Oh, yeah, and his daughter. Yes, oh, great scene. Oh, my God. Great sequence. Bad series. Um, Season four, right? You know. Hey, you know what they've done? Season four of Arrested Yeah, they recut they've it. Re- yeah, but they've replaced the one on Netflix, so you can only see that recut. But for a while, they had both. There was one episode that I loved from the original season four. It was the only funny one. The recuts like better overall, but uh, oh, what episode? It's a shame because I couldn't. It's the one where Tobias Funke's 
in when he has <laughs> he's in the um <laughs> he's in that uh, rehab center right because of the abuse because of yeah, the, oh yeah I mean, daddy needs to get his rocks off and he's prepping for the they're in early talks of the fantastic four like musical thing but like the whole episode is sort of contained within the within the rehab center and he just keeps doing funny things like keep sitting on chairs but falling back oh. like, pretending it didn't happen and things like that <laughs> but i swear that that stuff was all cut oh yeah recut. no there was a lot of stuff that was trimmed down but then there was a lot of new stuff added into the recut as well um yeah better stuff that really does help it flow it just um, still doesn't the have whole series just kept just, jumping back on itself it doesn't have the same snappiness that the early seasons had with all the characters playing off of one another no matter no and number f- season five also didn't no it did not didn't really it cut it just, for me it was a real shame because it's such a smart series and like it's weird netflix yeah, has seal is netflix has yeah. the money it's like they just didn't fully commit to it they wanted to bring it back but they didn't fully commit in a way that was able to guarantee all the actors were able to work with one another, and so it just didn't fully work. It didn't land, and uh, that's that. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on our Arrested Development segment of, in general, <laughs> of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids podcast. Oh, that's coming your way. Before soon. I go, Don't Assis, worry about that. Assis, yeah. I got to tell you this live on the podcast. Joe Johnston oh God, is directing so Shrunk. Joe Johnston's back. Whoa, really? He's directing Shrunk. My man, <laughs> he's back. Dude, um, let's start a let's start a pod. Let's do it, dude. I'm in. I mean, let's stuff. fuck Jurassic Outpost, man. Let's do some Honey I Shrunk the yeah, Kids. Yeah, so I... get on that set. <laughs> I love this bit. Uh, it's oh, it's it's, it's not, not a bit. A bit. <laughs> oh, it's reality. It sure, is not sure. a bit. This is not a bit. We're we're closing Jurassic Outpost after this podcast, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, speak. Uh, wait, 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 wait. While we're still recording, uh, we we release something. What? Our logo. Our logo. <laughs> oh, God. Hold that out. Um, yeah, no, terrible. Um, we are forgetting some very important things today. But, uh, yes, yeah, so James McQuaid, who is the Jurassic Outpost graphic designer, I've known him for a long time now. Um, uh, we've been working on a new logo with him, and it's finally dropped. And it's We've been working oh, on this. Oh, so glorious. How long have we been oh, working so on this glorious. general logo? Um, like A year? <laughs> I mean, how long have we had no, like the I... snowy mountains on it? Was it a year? It's been a long time. It's it's one of those things. We have a chat. We throw some ideas down. James tries some things out. We try. We we we. I don't know. It just it's the same thing, right? Everybody's busy, and it, you get to a point where sometimes things just get overlooked, especially if you're trying to get hold of Chris. If you know what I'm talking about, well, that's, you get that's stuck in that text. queue. <laughs> you know, but it's uh, a backlog of people. It's a lot of people. That want it's been it's been a long time, and it's funny. We'll we'll at some point we will show the kind of a little bit of the process not the process but the you know what we almost had was this kind of really cool kind of poppy look uh oh yeah oh, not yeah, saying dude. too much but it's it's the orange man it's the outpost it's the amber well like we had different types of trees earlier on where they're, they're smaller and more intense detailed looking and um you know obviously we've switched the entire environment you know we're at snow-capped mountains and these um kind of coniferous you know pine trees um, it's a it's a really nice logo to look at, um, and um, I'm glad we finally got that out. Yeah, no, it, um, it definitely fits within the what we've seen so far from Dominion. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, that was like sort of the eureka moment is when we realized like the direction we're going visually was aligning with Dominion um, because we had our you hopes. We had our hopes. There but, was you know we just... for pine trees, right? Yeah, Dominion pine trees confirmed. Uh, I think I so. mean, we've... we're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> Damn it! Um, 
Don't talk about the pine trees. It's funny because I feel like our logo has some sort of, you know, a little bit of resonance with the Arcadia logo itself uh, for, you know, Dominion's working title Arcadia. And so it just, it all, it all felt very natural to us. Um, and which is nice. I, you, know, you could almost say we had some insider information. <laughs> uh, no, we didn't. Um, <laughs> Lock that one back real fast. Um, but yeah, no, nice. I'm, I'm happy with the logo. Some would say it's a Jurassic World evolution. Ooh. Mm. Maybe Jurassic World Evolution 2. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. That's, that's something. That's something that we could talk about at some point because obviously all those Next materials up. leaked and they're obviously true. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Snow dinosaurs. Video game Snow episode. Sources. We could talk about that next time. God, there's a lot Maybe to talk about there, that's for sure. Guys, it has been wonderful speaking with you. And Assis, I am so excited to have been able to tell you that Joe Johnson is, is directing Shrunk with Shelley Johnson, day, cinematographer of Jurassic no way, Park 3. Really? The team wow. are back together. Oh my God. Yeah, dude, I'm not I'm kidding, so dude. This is so cool. <clears throat> I'm very excited for yeah, what's I do, to I love come. It. And there's some very talented people connected to that movie now. Um, it's almost like because of his, it's Joe Johnson coming back and Rick Moranis is coming back, it's almost like he gets another chance to make it. And when they made the original, it was low budget. It was quite restricted in what they could do. You know, I did watch the movie after we talked about it on the podcast, Assis, and it's quite uh, impressive <laughs> how they played everything off. It's, it's, um, I can't f- wait for the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I can't either, man. I can't either. Hey, if we play our cards right, we'll be getting a shrunk set visit anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> the only podcast out there talking about it right now, that's for sure. Yeah, um, seriously. This happened shrunk. because of us. Yeah. Yeah, this, this movie happened because well, Joe Johnson... He came out he of heard retirement us. and Number he went, one you know what? They want me in. Assis wants me in. <laughs> I guess I'll do it. I'm in. <laughs> oh, no, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm oh very excited God. about that. But we'll talk about that on the next Honey, I Shrink the Kids podcast. Yep. So, guys, um, yep. <laughs> it's been great speaking with you again. I'm crying. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the In General podcast. Uh, we, we never really figured out exactly what we should say at the end of these podcasts. We um, sort of guided people loosely towards we just, the website. We just go on a tangent and just end. <laughs>